When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. On this edition of the Rap Report, we have something special for you. This is from the Snatch Them from the Flames Home Edition. And this is Justin Peters on providing for you some skills and tools on discerning false teachers. You do not want to miss this. If you want to get the full conference that we did free online, just go to strivingforeternity.org. Go to the online events and check out the full Snatch Them from a Flames edition that we offered for free online. Check it out. And now for Justin Peters on The Rap Report. One, two, three. Welcome to The Rap Report with your host, Andrew Rappaport, where we provide biblical interpretation and application. This is a ministry of striving for eternity and the Christian podcast community. For more content or to request a speaker for your church, go to strivingforeternity.org. So, Justin. Yes. Let's see. Before we before we start, I think we, we I want to have some announcements here, like some giveaways. Um, okay. We have, you know, uh, we, we now have 11 pages of questions here, Justin. <laughs> wow. <laughs> That's a lot of questions. Yeah. All right. So let me, let me give out some, uh, some folks who are going to need to contact us so that we know how to get you your books. Uh, but people who are asking questions get entered into uh, receiving uh, different books. And so um, basically, if you hear your name, you're going to need to get in touch with us. Just contact info at strivingforeternity.org. And if I was really smart and quick, I could probably put that up as a banner at the bottom for you. Um, let me do that. Do, 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 do. Add banner and boom, there we go. See, see how quick that is. Just as Justin likes to say, click the link down there, but there's not a, you can't click it, but look at the email down there <laughs> and uh, just contact us at info at striving If you hear your name called and we'll ship, ship you out your book, Cindy Brown from Facebook, <clears throat> you win, you have got, you'll be, have come in your way. Uh, what do we believe? So Cindy Brown, what do we believe? Um, Ryan Leach, don't, don't know where uh, he was at, whether it was YouTube or Twitter or Facebook, but Ryan Leach, what do we believe? So Ryan Leach, if you could get a hold of us, um, and I'll announce these later on as well. Uh, Deb Raymond on YouTube, uh, you got a do not hinder them. So Deb Raymond, please reach out to us at info at strivingforeternity.org. David Ross. David Ross gets a what do they believe? So he gets that. Stephanie Montgomery gets what do they believe? So Stephanie was from YouTube. So Stephanie, if you could reach out to us. And lastly for this round is uh, less, and I'm not sure I'm going to pronounce the last name right, <clears throat> but gener- generous, gen, re, re, R-E-G, N E 
R U S. <laughs> Get a hold of us at info at strivingforeternity.org. He gets a copy of On the Origin of Kinds. <clears throat> so, congratulations to those folks. We'll mention that later on. <clears throat> Excuse me while I clear my throat. All right. So, um, congratulations to, to those folks. Uh, as we come back from break, um, I'm just going to say that I'm glad that during the break, I discovered that I dodged a bullet. Uh, Justin told me that I agreed with him. I mean, the worst thing that could happen is I end up in the next Cloud Without Water seminar. That's one thing I want to avoid is... Oh, you you already are. You just don't know it yet. (laughs) (laughs) You're about to see. No, I'm just... Yeah, now I gotta now I gotta come to the next seminar to see what you say about me. I gotta sneak in un, unannounced. Oh wait, we're gonna talk about what that was false teachers. Um, but uh, and so someone's I just saw congratulations. Uh, someone said uh, they're here from Montana. Some I didn't get to see all the comments of where everyone's from. I, I kind of wish Justin. I kind of we talked in, at the break and said we wish we asked where everyone was from. But I saw UK. Um, I just saw Montana. Um, but we've we've been we've had about 500 people watching on the different platforms and uh, with people coming and going. Um, so so Delaware is there. Someone's saying no sound, but I'm hearing it. Um, if the others of you can hear, just let me know. That'd be bad. Um, so um, n- let's see. We got uh, now they're popping in so fast. I can't see Colorado Springs, uh, India, Maryland, Newport Beach. Philippines, Massachusetts, North Carolina, uh, Lapio from Philippines, cool. uh, Oklahoma. You like that one, Oklahoma, uh, Wisconsin, uh, Ligonier, PA. We got British Columbia, Canada, a eh? uh, Florida here, Texas, Michigan, Finland, uh, Ohio, Brazil. That's the first one I saw in Brazil. Welcome, David. Um, um, California, the UK, um, Jacksonville, Florida. Okay. So we're going to, we will end up keep going forever. If we do that, we got to get back on. (laughs) So, so, uh, but we, we appreciate everyone of you who are here, who are, um, we, we hope this is helpful to you. We hope that this is something that, um, is, um, really helping to enrich, uh, your spiritual well-being. Um, let me just Go over a couple of announcements real quick, uh, just as we go. Again, we're doing a, a moving sale for Striving for Eternity. Oh, I just saw Kenya, South Africa. Wow, okay. Kenya. Um, even New Jersey, the, the, the communist state of New Jersey is represented by Brian. Welcome, Brian. <laughs> He's in the same communist state as I'm in. Uh, <laughs> um, so uh, let's see. We, so we're having a moving sale. So if, if you guys want to get any, all books and syllabuses are 50% off for folks that are overseas. Uh, you may have to contact us for, for, for uh, just email info at strivingfraternity.org. If you have trouble, it's not, not, we don't have all the shipping set up for all the countries and know that the shipping that we have for some of the countries, they up the rates. So it doesn't really cover the shipping. Um, if you're asking for things overseas, uh, it just, it becomes very expensive. I, I'm still amazed, Justin, when people order my books that are like $15 each and they pay like 30 to $36 to get them to Australia. And I'm like, really? My book is not worth $45. <laughs> Internet, we ship internationally. International shipping is expensive. I wish there was some way around it. We, there's just not, but, um, but we do ship internationally. So, yeah. 
So the other thing is your new website. Again, we want to promote that. Be be hitting that website. Check out everything that's there because there's a lot there. And you know what this means, actually. Wait a minute. I just I just I'm, I just got a word, Justin. I just got a word. Yeah, I, I, it was a word from you a long time ago. You were waiting for the new website to start podcasting again, folks. Yeah. Let's start expecting it. Go subscribe to Didache with Justin Peters. It is one of the podcasts at the Christian Podcast Community. So uh, you're going to start that soon now, right? I am. Yes, I am. I, I, I argue you just take all the YouTube videos that you already have and, and put those up. So um, Justin is with, as well as my podcasts are with the Christian Podcast Community. You could subscribe to the Christian Podcast Community on any any app or just go to christianpodcastcommunity.org. <clears throat> and if you go there, uh, you can listen to all. You could subscribe to that one, listen to all. We have like 30 episodes, uh, 30 uh, podcasts now in the Christian Podcast Community. More coming. And we have, you can look at what, which ones we have there, which ones you might want to listen to. Uh, I have a couple of them. I have my Andrew Rappaport's Rap Report. And I also have a daily Rap Report. The daily is Monday through Friday, two minutes long. It's more of a quick answers to apologetic questions type of thing. But my longer one, uh, I'm going to have Justin, a friend of yours, someone that you introduced me to uh, this uh, for tomorrow's episode, Susan Heck. We're going to talk about um, women's ministry in the church, the problems of it, how to find solutions. Um, And yes, we're going to mention Beth Moore. (laughs) (laughs) Get your body armor on. Yeah, (laughs) we're actually we're going to talk about. Uh, why people don't mention her and why how divisive she she her audience could be. Um, Apologetics Live is another podcast that I do. It's live Thursday nights, eight o'clock, eight to ten Eastern time. And so, if you ever have questions, you can come in there. But Justin and I were talking during the break. We have uh, ten, I think now eleven pages of questions. We're not going to get through all of those questions during Q and A. And so, what we're thinking, we still have questions. Like Justin, we were talking from last year at the Philippines. We said we were going to do. So, I think what we're going to do is we're going to have Justin come on to Apologetics Live, maybe for a couple of weeks, and work through all the questions that we have from both the Philippines and and from this one. And uh, so, if you if you subscribe to Apologetics Live, you could just go to apologeticslive.com. To, there's always the information there on what that show is going to be for that week. And so, again, Justin Peters has his as well. And again, I'm just gonna I'm gonna mention. I know Justin doesn't like me mentioning this one, but I don't like mentioning the next one. So uh, consider supporting Striving. Uh, sorry, uh, Justin Peters uh, Ministries. JustinPeters.org is where to go to donate. Um, and also, if you want to do um, Striving for Eternity, we're, we're putting this on. You could do it at strivingfraternity.org slash donate. So we're putting these on really because we we don't want to see people being stuck at home and not having, having money be an issue to good teaching. We didn't have to travel, so there really wasn't much expenses. It was just our time. But uh, we want to maybe be able to do more things like this and and maybe get better technology so it works you know, oh, wait, I got to put this comment up here, Justin. Look at this from, from Chris Honholds, a.k.a. He's also known as Captain America. Beth Moore, danger, Will Robinson, danger. <laughs> hey, that's hilarious. <laughs> I remember watching that kid, that uh, that show when I was a kid. That that robot scared me. But yeah, <laughs> danger, that's right. Danger indeed. Uh, so, um, well, we will we will get started now with 
with your next talk, which is going to be on, oh, I got to put Justin Peters one up there. And so your, your next talk is going to be on um, identifying, or sorry, on uh, discerning false teachers. Um, I, I should mention, I don't, I don't think I have a slide on this, Justin. Oh no. For the next time we do it, I will try to get a slide up for the clouds without waters. But if you go to justinpeters.org, you can schedule Justin to do his clouds without waters seminar, which this is part of that seminar. And so with that, Justin, take it away. Oh, wait, we got to, we got to make sure we get you to share your, your screen. That's okay. right. Let's that your screen is down now. Application PowerPoint slideshow. I'm getting the hang of this. Yeah. Right. Go. I see it there. It's up. Um, I have your your website there, but it's covering clouds without water. Do you want me to leave the um, Do you want me to leave the website up for folks? Oh, it doesn't matter. Whatever you want to do, it doesn't matter. It's it's okay. Okay. You you guys, you heard him say whatever I want to do. Okay. Just for the record, whatever I want to do. Here we go. There we go. I just changed the website. Look at that. It's doing now. There. That's the proper website. Justiniwin.com is the website to help donate to, to Justin's ministry. <laughs> he knew I was coming somewhere. All right. I'll be back in, in, in an hour. So. I suggesting whatever you want to do. <laughs> <laughs> Only when it's convenient. <laughs> right. Okay. All right, dear ones. Well, thank you so very much for joining us. Uh, this thrills my soul. I just, I, I wish I could see you. But I'm so grateful that we have this technology to connect with one another all around the world. It's really encouraging to hear that we have people watching from Germany and Brazil and Finland and the Philippines and uh, so many places around the world. So I'm grateful for this technology. Okay, so let us begin. This session is uh, basically how to tell a false prophet, the biblical criterion of a or criteria of a false prophet prophet. Uh, and I'm going to have 11 marks of false teachers, 11 ways that we can spot a false teacher, some things that characterize the lives uh, and, and the teachings of false prophets and or false teachers. So so if you have notes, I would encourage you to take notes. I, we're going to run through these real quickly, list them for you, and then we'll go back one by one. So one of the ways you can tell a false prophet is if he rules on his own authority rather than scripture. Uh, false prophets peddle the word of God for personal financial gain. False prophets deify man while diminishing the glory of God, Christ, and the Holy Spirit. They habitually display questionable moral character. They offer prophecies that do not come to pass. One of the easiest ways to spot, spot a false teacher and false prophet when their prophecies don't come true. Uh, they please men rather than God. They emphasize peripheral issues and not the gospel itself. They have truth mixed with heresy. They exploit their followers. They partner with or endorse false teachers. And they have a lack of accountability. So we're going to run through these one by one, and I'll give you scriptural support for each. And uh, for some of them, I have some video clips scattered here and there. Not for every point, but let's begin. Let's go down through this list. Number one, one of the ways that you can tell a false prophet is if he or she rules on his or her own authority rather than scripture. So if a person appeals in their teaching for uh, uh, for any source other than scripture as their authority, then you know you are dealing with a false 
teacher. Let's look at Jeremiah chapter 5, 30 through 31. This is God speaking. An appalling and horrible thing has happened in the land. The prophets prophesy falsely and the priests rule on their own authority. Okay, notice that phrase. The priests rule on their own authority. And look at this. And my people love it so. But what will you do at the end of it? Boy, there's a lot to unpack here and won't have time to to do it justice. But this is God speaking. And he says, an appalling and a horrible thing has happened in the land. The prophets prophesy falsely. God does not take false prophecies lightly. And this is one of the issues I have with the modern charismatic movement is that they have denigrated the office of the prophet and the the, the prophetic uh, gift. They have denigrated it. Uh, they would uh, they would admit at least most of them that Old Testament prophets were held to a very 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 high standard. But somehow they say now the the prophetic gift is it's still authoritative but not as much, and they're not held to modern day prophets aren't held to the same standard as Old Testament or even New Testament prophets were. Uh, they'll say that even the New Testament gift of prophecy has denigrated and it's just not uh, it's not held to the same standard as Old Testament prophets. You can't make an argument for that. Uh, that's a that's a, a random insertion that you were you're putting into the text that just is not found in the text. You're you're reading your own uh, theology into it, your own preferences into the Bible that just are not supported by the Bible. Uh, but look at what he says, the priests rule on their own authority. The charismatic movement does this by saying, well, God spoke to me. This is what I was talking about in my first session. God spoke to me and he told me to tell you such and such. Uh, you'll hear them appeal to their own dreams, their own visions as the authority. And they'll say, well, if you can't find what I'm teaching you in scripture, uh, don't worry about it, you see, because I have it from the highest authority. Jesus himself came and gave me these teachings. So if you don't, if you can't find what I'm teaching you in the Bible, it's okay. Don't worry about it. I got it from Jesus. Well, if you hear somebody say anything like that, you know you're dealing with a false prophet, a false teacher. They are appealing to a source of authority outside of Scripture. And notice what God says here: My people love it so. My people love it so. Um, this recent pandemic, COVID-19, has been an absolute wrecking ball to the word faith movement, prophetic movement, charismatic movement in general. It has utterly exposed the bankruptcy of this movement on every conceivable level, on the prophetic level, on the theological level, on the integrity level. It's just exposed it for being the complete bankrupt system that it is. And I've had a few people say, well, do you think this will be the end of the word of faith movement, the end of the prosperity gospel? And I said, no, not at all, because my people love it so. Even though these false teachers have been exposed as false prophets and charlatans that they are, my people love it so. False teachers are in and of themselves part of God's judgment on people. Say that again. False prophets are in and of themselves part of God's judgment on people. Uh, I have compassion on people in this movement that are deceived and they just don't know any better. But the fact of the matter is, is that the majority of people in the word faith, new apostolic reformation movement, the majority of them are there because they want to be there. They don't want sound doctrine. They want to, um, they want to have some source of authority outside of scripture. That's what they want. They want a Benny Hinn. They want a Kenneth Copeland. My people love it. So, so no matter how many times these False prophets are proven to be false prophets. Um, they're going to continue to have an audience because my people love it so. 
All right. They rule on their own authority. And I want to deviate a little bit and talk just a little bit about Roman Catholicism and show you how Roman Catholicism also fits into this criterion of false prophets. Uh, A little bit about the papacy, Roman Catholic papacy. You see there Pope Francis. Uh, The Roman Catholic Church has three titles for their popes. Holy Father, head of the church, and the vicar of Christ. Holy Father, head of the church, and the vicar of Christ. Holy Father, who is the Holy Father? God. Who is the true head of the church? Jesus. Vicar of Christ. The word vicar means substitute, so substitute of Christ. Who is the true substitute of Christ on the the earth? The Holy Spirit. What did Jesus say? It is to your advantage that I go away. Because when Jesus ascends, who came? The Pentecost, Holy Spirit came. So God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, each of these three titles they ascribe to the Pope. So the Roman Catholic Church is just as much a theological cult as is the word faith movement and the apostolic reformation. And the Pope also, the Roman Catholic Church appeals to sources of authority outside of scripture, just like the word faith movement does. They have papal bulls, whatever the Pope says, ex cathedra, that is authoritative. So they have the papal bulls. They have church tradition. They elevate church tradition to the same authoritative level, if not above the authoritative level as that of scripture. They elevate church tradition. So that is a source of authority. Interestingly, the word faith movement and the New Apostolic Reformation and Roman Catholicism, uh, there's a lot of commonalities. They also, both of the, all of these movements have uh, an emphasis on signs and wonders. For the word faith movement, it's leg lengthening, it's gold dust in the atmosphere. We'll talk about that in a little bit. And, um, you know, these signs and wonders for the Roman Catholic Church, it's weeping statues. It's uh, finding the image of Mary burned in your toast or something like that. So they they all have this emphasis on signs and wonders. So there's a lot of commonality between Word of Faith, New Apostolic Reformation, and Roman Catholic Church. They have a source of authority outside of Scripture. Okay, now let's move to our number two. If a person peddles the Word of God for personal financial gain, you know you are dealing with a false teacher. 2 Peter chapter 2, verse 14. Peter is talking about false teachers, the context of this, having eyes full of adultery that never cease from sin, enticing unstable souls, having a heart trained in greed. One of the primary motivating uh, factors for false teachers and false prophets is that of greed. They are all greedy. They peddle the word of God for personal financial gain. This is just one example. Uh, Jesse Duplantis, well-known word of faith preacher. This is his home in Destrehan, Louisiana. This is right outside of New Orleans. And uh, that's his home. This is his parsonage. The ministry pays for this. This is, uh, in fact, I took that picture. That's my side. View, that's my uh, side view mirror there in the corner of the picture. I, I took that from my van a number of years ago. This home is is thirty five thousand square feet, not thirty five hundred, thirty five thousand square feet. It is the largest private residence in the state of Louisiana, and it's owned by a Word of Faith preacher, prosperity preacher. All of the false teachers are marked by. Greed. They are very greedy. They exploit their followers. Um, Kenneth Copeland has Kenneth Copeland, by his own admission, is almost a billionaire—not a millionaire, but a 
billionaire. Uh, his his personal wealth, I'm assuming now, is somewhere around one billion dollars. He has multiple private jets, as does Jesse Duplantis. Uh, so they live lives of opulence. Their lives are marked by greed. Now, I want to address a passage in Philippians because this is a text that I'm somehow sometimes get pushed back on. Some people will cite what Paul said in in Philippians chapter one as a little bit of pushback. And let me read this for us. So Philippians chapter one, verses 12 through 18. I want us to deal with this because you'll probably hear this objection. Paul writes, now I want you to know, brethren, that my circumstances have turned out for the greater progress of the gospel so that my imprisonment in the cause of Christ has become well known throughout the whole Praetorian guard and to everyone else. And that most of the brethren trusting in the Lord because of my imprisonment have far more courage to speak the word of God without fear. And here it comes in verse 15. Some, to be sure, are preaching Christ even from envy and strife, but some also from goodwill. The latter do it out of love, knowing that I am appointed for the defense of the gospel. The former proclaim Christ out of selfish ambition rather than from pure motives thinking to cause me distress in my imprisonment. What then? Only that in every way, whether in pretense or in truth, Christ is proclaimed, and in this I rejoice. So some of the defenders of the prosperity preachers, they'll say, well, look, you know, Paul said this in Philippians 1, and he acknowledged that there were some people out there preaching in the name of Jesus, and they weren't doing it for right motives either. And yet Paul said that he still rejoiced that the gospel was being preached. So what do you do with that? Well, here's what I do with that, because these people to whom uh, Paul was referring that were preaching Christ from envy and strife and preaching Christ from uh, impure motives, selfish ambitions, they were at least preaching Christ. In other words, even though they weren't doing it with the right motives, they were still preaching the real Christ. They were still preaching the real gospel, even though their motives weren't right. Their message was still doctrinally sound. And Paul says in that, I rejoice. The people that we're talking about, Benny Hinn, Kenneth Copeland, Creflo Dollar, Jesse Duplantis, Joseph Prince, Joyce Meyer, all these other, Joel Osteen, they're preaching something that they call Christianity. They're preaching a person to uh, that they refer to as Jesus, but it is not the real Jesus. It is not the real gospel. They are they have a different God, a different Jesus, and a different gospel. We're not talking here with, in this movement about minor theological error, minor points of differences. Uh, they have a different gospel, and I go into much more in uh, depth in that in my full seminar, Clouds Without Water, when we talk about the, the little God's doctrine and the positive confession doctrine and the um, Arianism. We'll get to that a little bit more of that in just a second. And here we go. So number three, the third way to tell a false prophet is if a prophet deifies man while diminishing the glory of God, Christ, and the Holy Spirit. So if they deify man and at the same time diminish the glory of God, Christ, and the Holy Spirit, you know that you are dealing with a false teacher. And they absolutely do this. They deify man. How do they deify man? Well, those of you who have seen my seminar, you know that I deal with the positive confession doctrine. They deal that uh, they teach that we can speak things into existence just like God did. They have what's called the little God's doctrine. They teach that if you are a Christian, you are in fact a little God. 
which is very similar to what Mormonism teaches, by the way. There's a lot of overlap between word faith, New Apostolic Reformation, and Mormonism. So they deify man. They teach that we are gods. And they also diminish God, the real God. They diminish him. They diminish Christ. And they diminish the Holy Spirit. And they it, this is just irrefutable that they do that. Just a couple of quick examples. Watch this from Kenneth Copeland. This is a very recent clip, but watch this from Kenneth Copeland. Listen to what he says here about Jesus. For the coming high priest of the heavenly holy of holies was hanging on that cross. And then he went to hell. He went before and stood in the heavenly courts of justice. A sin-free born Again, man, God called him righteous. Did you hear that? He's talking about Jesus. And he said that Jesus went before the courts of heaven and stood there a sin-free, born-again man. Blasphemy, blasphemy. Jesus was not born again. They teach that Jesus, when he died on the cross, then he went to hell, died spiritually, ceased to be God, had to be reborn, that he actually got saved in hell. That is blasphemy. He may talk about Jesus. He may use the name Jesus. And you'll even hear Kenneth Copeland. He ends all of his broadcasts by saying this, Jesus is Lord. But the Jesus that he's preaching is not the Jesus of the Bible. It's a different Jesus. Watch this from Kenneth Copeland. Take the time to read the first chapter of the book of Eden. All of it is in there. The very words that he said to him. Again, I will be a father to him. And again, he'll be my son. He's asserting here that Jesus ceased to be the son of God on the cross and down in hell where he died spiritually. He had to be reborn. So he had to become again the son of God. And and this is just utter blasphemy. And yes, Kenneth Copeland, I have taken the time to read the first chapter of Hebrews and I don't have time to get into the exegesis of it now. Just want to give you um, an example of how they diminish Christ. This is a different Jesus than the Jesus of the Bible. And this is its not unique to Kenneth Copeland. Watch this video from Todd White. Probably have seen Todd White. He's the dreadlock guy, the guy that wears dreadlocks and uh, looks like the Predator, you know, that movie, old 80s movie, I guess it was. And uh, he is a Predator. Todd White, is a, he's a spiritual Predator. But watch this. Again, very recent video just from a few months ago. Watch this from Todd White. So what he's saying is he so limited himself. Henry, he was he was just like you and I. He became the son of man born of the Virgin Mary, fully God and fully man, but laid his divinity aside while he was on this earth so that he could model what a Christian life would look like when you're fully possessed by God. Oh, boy, that's dangerous. He says that Jesus was just like you and I, fully God and fully man. Well, put the brakes on right there, partner. Uh, I'm fully man. I'm not fully God. Uh, that that is That is blasphemy. But they demote Christ. They make him out to be just a man filled with the Holy Spirit. You and I are men and women, and we can be filled with the Holy Spirit. And they say that Jesus laid his divinity aside, laid his divinity aside. And when he was on earth, he he did what he did. He taught what he taught. He performed signs and wonders that he performed. He did that all as just a man because he literally, like 
divested himself his deity. That is heresy. That is heresy. Hebrews 13, 8, speaking of Jesus, he is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He does not change. We refer to the immutability of Christ. He does not. Not only does he not change, he cannot change. If there was ever a time when Jesus was not God, then he never was God to begin with. So you see how false teachers, they deify man and they demote God and they demote Christ. Uh, This from Bill Johnson in his book, When Heaven Invades the Earth, just like Todd White, Jesus laid aside his divinity as he sought to fulfill the assignment given to him by, by the Father. He laid aside his divinity. No, 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 a thousand times no. In him all the fullness of deity dwells, says the Apostle Paul. This is this is heresy. This is a different Jesus than the Jesus of the Bible. Okay. Isaiah, let's look at Isaiah chapter 44, 6 through 8, in refutation of what we've just seen. Isaiah 44, 6 through 8, God speaking, thus says Yahweh, the King of Israel and his Redeemer, Yahweh of hosts, I am the first and I am the last, and there is no God besides me. Who is like me? Let him proclaim and declare it. Yes, let him recount to me in order. This is this is a challenge. This is this is this is not God saying okay, who is like me? I know somebody here can raise their hand. No, this this is God mocking people who who would dare claim to be like him. Who is like me? Let him to proclaim, let him declare. This is, this God does, God is a jealous God and he will not share his glory with another. He does not take lightly those who would claim to be just like him. Didn't turn out so well for Satan when he tried that, as I recall. Okay. The fourth way to tell a false prophet is if a person habitually displays questionable moral character. If a person habitually displays immoral character. Um, give you a couple examples of this. Watch this video. This is from the documentary that was done a couple years ago entitled American Gospel. And Todd White just saw a clip of him. Todd White is known for going out on the streets and going up to people at random healing them. And uh, the most often performed healing miracle that he does is lengthening people's legs. YouTube is full of these examples of Todd White going up to a random person on the street and having them sit down in a chair and he holds one foot in each of his hands and he puts them together. And sure enough, one of the, one of the person's legs appears to be just about that much shorter than the other one. And he lengthens their legs. He commands their leg to grow. Uh, so watch this, and uh, a man named Stephen Kozar is going to show you exactly how Todd White does this. Now we're going to see Todd White's clip sped up quite a bit and looped back and forth. Now this is where we can see what's really going on here. The leg on our right is supposed to be the short leg, and this is the leg which should be miraculously growing, but it's not. Look at the leg on our left. That's where all the action is. That's what's actually being manipulated. You can see that Todd is actually pivoting or shifting the foot of the so-called long leg so that the heels match. Now, he's doing this very slowly over time, but it's painfully obvious when you speed up the clip. And what he So that's how he does it. It's it's a manipulation of the leg. It it's the leg is not growing. He's manipulating them to make it appear to that one of them is growing. And it's not even the short leg that he's dealing with. It's the longer leg. He just changes the angle of it. This is a a trick that charlatans have been doing for decades. It's a tried and true trick. And Todd White knows exactly what he's doing. 
this is not a mistake on Todd White's part. This is not uh, an accident. This isn't an oopsie. This isn't uh, a slip of the tongue. You know, this is intentional deception. And he's been doing this trick for well over 10 years. I've got some video I think I've seen of him at least 11, 12 years ago doing this. And he's still doing it. Even though it's been exposed, he's still doing it. This is intentional deception. This is not a man of God. He's intentionally deceiving people. Um, so does this guy. This is Sean Bowles. Sean Bowles is, uh, claims to be a prophet. He even has classes online. You can go to his website and you can pay him. I don't remember the amount. I've looked at it. I can't remember. But anyway, fairly substantial amount of money. And he'll train you how to be a prophet. He'll train you in the prophetic. Sean Bowles is a charlatan. Sean Bolts is known for going out on the stage in sometimes in very large arenas and calling out, getting words of knowledge from people uh, or about people. And he'll call, he'll, he'll, there's a clip of him on YouTube calling out a young man named Dennis from Ukraine. And he has all, somehow he has all of this knowledge about this young man named Dennis from Ukraine and know, even knows where he lives now and knows about the broken home from which he came in his, in his past, you know, trouble, uh, marital problems with his parents and knows what Dennis wants to do in ministry. And he's never met Dennis before. How does he know this? Oh, wow. Must be words of knowledge, right? God giving him the information. No, it's not. Sean Bowles is doing this literally while he's holding his iPhone or Galaxy phone or some kind of smartphone in his hand, literally looking at it. He's getting information off of Dennis's social media accounts. You see, when you go to these big conferences, you have to register. You have to put in your name and your email address. You give somebody your name and your email address, you've got instant access to Facebook and Instagram and Twitter and all this, all these social media accounts. That's where he's getting the information. It's not coming from God. It's coming from social media. Uh, and, and he's been exposed as to how he does this. In fact, I've got it in one of my recent YouTube videos that I've got on my YouTube channel. He's a fraud. He's a charlatan. These are deceivers. They habitually display immoral character. Bill Johnson claims to have the gold dust at his church, Bethel Church. Um, long story short, a few years ago, I was at a church in Miami, Florida, uh, preaching. And there's a false church in Miami, a different church, obviously, uh, named El Rey Jesus. It's pastored by a guy named Guillermo Maldonado. Guillermo Maldonado and Bill Johnson are good friends. They preach at each other's churches. Both of these churches have the gold dust just appear in their services. They claim that it's the presence of God. Well, not so much because a lady came up to me when I was at this other church in Miami, good church, and she introduced herself. I know her name. I'm not going to give it because uh, I think her, well, anyway, I'm just going to protect her privacy. But um, I've got this lady's name and contact information. Anyway, she came up to me and she introduced herself. She told me that she used to be a member of El Rey Jesus. And she said, Justin, do you know how they have the gold dust at their services? I said, yes, I am. I, I've seen that before. She said, I used to be a member of that church. Not only was she a member, she said, I, I was actually up in the leadership of the church. Uh, her husband, she and her husband both were, but she was a false convert. She actually got saved and left that church, as you would expect a Christian to do, leave. Christians leave false churches. Uh, but she said, when I was there, she said, it was actually my job. She and a friend of hers, so two ladies, were given canisters of gold glitter, gold kind of finely ground glitter type powder stuff, not real gold, but they were given these canisters of this gold powder and 
they were instructed to go upstairs into the ventilation system, dump it into the ventilation system, and it blew out on the congregation during the services. Hmm. That happened at El Rey Jesus, pastored by Guillermo Maldonado. Guillermo Maldonado and Bill Johnson are close friends. They preach at each other's churches. Both churches, interestingly, have the gold dust. You don't have to be Columbo to figure this out. These are immoral men. They are deceivers. They are intentionally deceiving people. Okay. Another way to tell a false prophet is if the prophecies just don't come to pass. I think I may have missed the number uh, five here, but anyway, number five should be up there under false prophets. Number five is if a prophet offers prophecies that do not come to pass. Okay. This is number five. Deuteronomy chapter 18, 21 through 22. You may say in your heart, how will we know the word which the Lord has not spoken? When a prophet speaks in the name of Yahweh, if the thing does not come about or come true, that is the thing which Yahweh has not spoken. The prophet has spoken it presumptuously. You shall not be afraid of him. It's one of the easiest ways to tell a false prophet is if his prophecies just don't come true. Watch this from Pat Robertson and Benny Hinn. This is a video taken back in 2012, specifically October of 2012. Uh, For our international friends watching, our um, presidential election was coming up in November of 2012. And Pat Robertson told everyone watching his program who was going to win the United States presidential election in 2012. And he knew who was going to win because God told him who was going to win. It was either going to be Barack Obama or Mitt Romney. Let's see if he got it right. I mean, that's the way he thinks. And he will be tremendous on the economy. Uh, He's uncomfortable with foreign policy, I feel. Uh, But nevertheless, he'll be a strong, strong man. But if he comes in... Secondly, uh, he's going to have a second term. He's going to win. Romney, Romney will win the election. You believe that? I absolutely believe What that. makes you believe that? Because the Lord told me. Well, that's what I'm glad to know. I wasn't sure. You know, really, the Lord said that to you. Yeah, absolutely. I, I told Mitt a long time ago. I called him. I said, listen, I, I, I've been in prayer. I, I, number one, you're going to win the nomination. Number two, you're going to win the general election. He said, well, what can I do for you? I said, well, give me a seat on the platform. <laughs> give me a ticket to your inauguration. Recently, the Lord said he's going to have a second term. So, I, and I, and I, I, Okay, so... Pat Robertson said that God told him not only that Mitt Romney would win the presidential election in 2012, but would also win re-election in 2016. Oops. Think about that. Uh, Pat Robertson is the same one who, on every single one of his broadcasts, at some point in the program, he prays with his host and they'll hold hands and he'll he'll close his eyes and he'll say, yeah, the Lord's, the Lord's showing me someone right now in uh, Kansas. You've got bursitis in your right shoulder. The Lord's healing that right now. And someone else has a, um, uh, you've got a growth on your neck right here. And the, the Lord is healing that right now. And and um, and then he'll pass it off to his guests and she'll start giving words about it. So let me get this straight. You hear God clearly enough so that you can get words of knowledge in real time about people on the spot all around the world watching you and you know what their specific ailments are in real time on the spot. And yet something as monumental as the United States presidential election, something for which you had months and months in advance to make sure you heard God rightly on 
And not only that, a prophecy that you had a 50-50 chance of getting right in the first place, and you still got it wrong. He's a false prophet. He's a false prophet. Uh, they are all false prophets. Andrew mentioned in his earlier session that I have a video up on my YouTube channel. And so what you see here is a conglomeration of 20 different prophets that Sid Roth interviewed for his program, It's Supernatural. And they aired this on January 15th, 2020. And he interviewed all 20 of these so-called prophets. And they all gave him, um, told him what the Lord was showing them about the upcoming year of 2020. And I watched every single one of these. And you know what? Not a single one of them predicted COVID-19. Not a single one of them said anything even tangentially, remotely approaching something that you might could even isogee as to being a prophecy about a pandemic coming. None of them. All None of these 20 so-called prophets, these are the heavy hitters in the prophetic movement. I mean, you got Perry Stone there, Patricia King there. Um, Cindy Jacobs there. I mean, these are some well-known names. Jeremiah Johnson, uh, James Gall, the one at the bottom right, that's a guy who, uh, yeah, he, he's, um, been closely connected with Todd Bentley, but I mean, these are all charlatans. They're all charlatans. They're all false prophets. Not a single one of them. So COVID-19, what is arguably the most earth shattering globally consequential event that has happened since World War II. I mean, it's just, Amazing. But none of them saw it coming. Not a one of them. They're all false prophets. Okay. Another way to tell a false prophet is if prophets aim to please men rather than God. If a so-called prophet wants to please man rather than pleasing God, you know you're dealing with a false teacher. Paul writes in 2 Timothy chapter 4, verses 3 through 4, for the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine, but wanting to have their ears tickled, they will accumulate for themselves teachers in accordance to their own desires and will turn away their ears from the truth and will turn aside to myths or to fables. Uh, one of the hallmarks of a false teacher is a false teacher will not preach sound doctrine. They will. They don't want to please God. They want to please men. They want to gather a large following. And you don't get a big following by preaching things like sin, repentance, denial of self, taking up the cross, fleeing from the wrath to come. No, that's not how you gain a following. You gain a following not by telling people the truth. You gain a following by telling people what they want to hear. And a false prophet, mark it down, is a man pleaser rather than a God pleaser. Paul writes in 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 3 through 4, For our exhortation does not come from error or impurity or by way of deceit. That's what false teachers do. They deceive. But just as we have been approved by God to be entrusted with the gospel. You know, that phrase alone should give anyone pause before any man pause before he gets up to preach the gospel. This is something we have been entrusted with, this message of Jesus Christ. We have been entrusted with that to faithfully proclaim to others. And I, I tell you, I, I can honestly tell you, there is never a time when I get behind the pulpit that I'm not terrified about the task that is in front of me. And I'm terrified not because of the fear of public speaking in and of itself. I'm terrified because of the weight of the task and the one whom it is I am representing. That's what terrifies me. And Paul says, So we speak, not as pleasing men, but God who examines our heart. False teachers please men. That's what they want to do. They're not interested in pleasing God. They want to please men. 
They want a following. They want the money. They want the their ego stroked that clump, that comes when you please men rather than please God. That is a sure mark of a false teacher. Uh, dear friends, as Christians, those of you who may be watching right now, especially if you're preachers or elders, uh, we have an audience of one. We have an audience of one. I've got one person that I've got to please. And it's not a board of directors. It's not a committee. I know one day I'm not going to stand before a denomination. Uh, I'm going to have to give an account to Christ. He is the one that I must please. Um, Not men, not men, but false teachers want to please men. Number seven, false teachers emphasize peripheral issues and not the gospel itself. They emphasize peripheral issues and not the gospel itself. Let's look at Matthew 23, 23. Jesus says, woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, For you tithe mint and dill and cumin and have neglected the weightier provisions of the law, justice and mercy and faithfulness. But these are the things you should have done without neglecting the others. You blind guides who strain out a gnat and swallow a camel. One of the marks of a false teacher is they do not emphasize the gospel. They emphasize peripheral issues And they may use some biblical lingo and they may kind of try to tie it to the gospel in some way, but they don't focus on the gospel itself. They don't focus on man and his depravity and his sin, the burden of sin, the wrath of God, the coming judgment, the need to repent, the need to be born again. That those things are not emphasized. It's all of these peripheral issues. And I want to give you an example of this. Just, I'm going to show you three popular teachers right now, and you tell me what you automatically think of when you see these popular teachers. Kenneth Copeland, Joel Osteen, Benny Hinn. What do you automatically think of when you see these pictures, when you see these men? Do you think gospel preaching, salvation by grace alone, through faith alone, in Christ alone, denial of self, taking up the cross, suffering for the glory of Christ? Do you do you, repentance, putting to death the deeds of the body, growing in the grace and knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ? Do you think about these things? No. You think about health and wealth, prosperity, physical healing, miracles, signs and wonders, having your best life now. That's what these men are known for, not preaching the gospel, These all of these peripheral issues. Anytime, and this is one of the dangers, I'm going to chase a rabbit here just for a little bit. This is one of the dangers of the social justice movement is that at least people in our conservative theological circles who are involved in social justice and they're chasing after the social justice movement, they're forwarding it. They're not outright denying the gospel, but they're adding things to it. Anytime you have a message that says this, the gospel is about salvation by grace through faith in Jesus plus something, whatever follows that plus becomes the emphasis. That gets the attention. What gets lost? Salvation by grace alone, through faith alone, in Christ alone. That gets lost. Whatever follows the plus, that becomes the emphasis. So with the social justice movement, it's it's plus social justice and all the things that go along with it. And that's a whole other discussion. With these guys, it's health and wealth, prosperity, having your best life now. So Whatever follows that plus, that becomes the emphasis. And guess what gets lost? Okay, number eight. False prophets have some truth, but that truth is mixed with heresy. They have some truth, but that truth is mixed with heresy. Let's look at 2 Peter chapter 2, verse 1. 
Peter says, false prophets also arose among the people, just as there will also be false teachers among you who will secretly introduce destructive heresies, even denying the master who bought them, bringing swift destruction upon themselves. Secretly introduce destructive heresies. It is not that everything a false teacher teaches is false. Some of it is right, okay? But it is that mixture of truth and error that is so very dangerous. Let's look at Benny Hinn. Benny Hinn is a false prophet if there ever was one. If Benny Hinn literally meets every single biblical criterion as to how to discern a false prophet. If Benny Hinn is not a false prophet, then the term truly has no meaning. And yet, not everything that Benny Hinn teaches is wrong. Some of it is right. And you know what? I'll say this. I have heard Benny Hinn preach the gospel plenty well enough for someone to be saved. I don't doubt that there have been people saved listening to Benny Hinn preach. I don't doubt that because I have heard him preach the gospel, at least enough of it, well enough that God could use that to call one of his own to himself. Does that validate Benny Hinn? Absolutely not. He's still a false prophet. He's still a false teacher. Not everything that false teachers teach is false. Some of it is right. Notice what Peter says. They will secretly introduce their destructive heresies. False prophets aren't going to look like false prophets. That's why the Bible says that they are wolves in what? In sheep's clothing. They're going to look like sheep. They'll smell like sheep. They may even talk like sheep from time to time, but inwardly they're ravenous wolves. How does Satan portray himself? Does Satan show up to us red and scaly with a bifurcated tail carrying a hay fork? No, he's smarter than that. He disguises himself how? As an angel of light. So it is that mixture of truth and error, truth and heresy that makes false teachers so very dangerous. This is why discernment is so vitally important in the lives of us as believers. Not everything that they teach will be wrong. Okay, number nine, the ninth way to tell a false prophet is a false prophet will always exploit his or her followers. They will always exploit his or her followers. Um, I've already shown you, talked about some of the wealth that they have. You know where the wealth comes from, this opulent wealth of the for their palatial mansions and their private jets and fancy cars and fancy clothes and all this thing. Uh, it comes in large part from poor people, sick people, desperate people, and widows and widows. It comes, a lot of their money comes from widows, little old ladies sitting at home or in their retirement home or in the nursing home and they can't get out anymore. And their only church, tragically, is this garbage that they see on Christian television. They exploit the poor, the sick, and the desperate, and the widows. I want to show you, uh, I want to look at Luke chapter 21. Luke chapter 21. Now, this is a passage with which we are all familiar. This is the widow's might. Okay, the story of the widow and putting in her two little copper coins. Uh, I want to give you another way of looking at this. Uh, Let's look at it first. Luke chapter 21, verses 1 through 4. Jesus looked up, and he saw the rich putting their gifts into the treasury, And he saw a poor widow putting in two small copper coins. And he said, truly, I say to you, this poor widow put in more than all of them. For they all out of their surplus put into the offering, but she out of her poverty put in all that she had to live on. And that's it. That's all we know. Now, the way we have most often heard this taught is that the widow giving. We should give like the widow gave. This is Jesus commends her and we should give like the widow gave. But is that what this is saying? Well, let's look at it a couple 
couple bring out a couple aspects of this. If we should give like the widow gave, let's remember that the widow didn't give half of what she had. She gave everything. She gave everything she had to live on. She had two small copper coins to her name. That's what she had. And she gave it. And then she was completely destitute. So we should give like the widow gave, huh? Raise your hand if you've done that. I can't raise my hand and you can't raise your hand either. None of us have done that. None of us have given everything we have to the quote unquote church. Hmm. So if the widow should be our model in giving, then you know what? We've all failed miserably because none of us have done this. Well, now let's ask another question. To what was she giving? Was she giving to First Baptist Church of Jerusalem? Was she giving to Grace Community Church of Jerusalem or whatever? Huh? No, she was giving her money to a corrupt religious system. This was Wednesday before Friday of the Passion Week. This was two days before Jesus was crucified. She was giving her money to the same religious system that in two days was going to nail Jesus to a tree. That's what she was giving to. She was giving to a religious system that was corrupt from top to bottom. That's what she was giving to. And she gave everything she had to a corrupt religious system. And the text does not say this. This is just a little bit of sanctified speculation. This is just an educated guess, okay? Given that she was a widow, she had no means of support. She had no husband to care for her. Nothing is said about any children she may or may not have had. Nothing said about it. But it's an educated guess to say and assume that because she gave everything she had, not long after this, she probably died. She had nothing. She probably died not long after this. Is this what Jesus wants little old widows to do today? Does he want them to give everything they have? No, no. The Bible, Jesus, there's nothing in the Bible that says widows, poor little old widows should give every single cent they have, even if it was to a good church. And she wasn't giving to a good church. She was giving to a corrupt religious system. But even if it was a good church, Jesus still would not want... The Bible has a lot to say about how we are to care for the poor and the orphans and the widows, does it not? So what's going on here? What's going on here? Something's, this is breaking down pretty quickly, isn't it? Well, let's look for a little context. Remember, chapter divisions in the Bible are not inspired. The context, yes. The content, yes. So don't misunderstand me. The chapter divisions, like when you see chapter one, two, three, four, and five, those chapter divisions are not inspired. They were not part of the original text. So let's look up verse 45 of chapter 20. It says, and while all the people were listening, he said to the disciples, beware of the scribes who like to walk around in long robes, love respectful greetings in the marketplaces, chief seats in the synagogues and places of honor at banquets. And look at verse 47, who do what? Who devour widows homes. And for appearance's sake, offer long prayers. These will receive greater condemnation. And what is the very next thing that Jesus sees? Right after he says that these false teachers devour widows' homes, the very next thing that he sees, he sees a poor widow giving everything she had to a corrupt religious system, the same system that he was dealing with in these verses. Her home had just been devoured. You see how much, how important context is. This widow was being exploited. Oh, but Jesus, Jesus commended the widow. He said that this was a good thing that she did. Did he? Not what I'm reading. He didn't commend her. He didn't say this is a good thing. He didn't say, yeah, you should do this. You should do what the widow did. She, she, 
He just made an observation. He just simply made an observation. This poor widow put in more than all of them. He just made an observation. He didn't commend her one way or the other. This woman was being exploited by a corrupt religious system. She gave everything she had. She was being exploited, just like the word faith, New Apostolic Reformation preachers exploit people for personal financial gain. They exploit the poor, the sick, the desperate, and the widows. It's nothing new under the sun. Same thing that was going on 2,000 years ago, going on today. Number 10, if a, fa- if a preacher or prophet, so-called prophet, partners with or endorses other false teachers, you know you're probably dealing with a false teacher yourself. Okay, um, One such example that has been very public here in the last couple of years, unfortunately, is Francis Chan. This is Francis Chan pictured here. And that guy that he is hugging is Todd White. This was at uh, the the SEND conference back in 2019. So February 2019, I believe it was, so a little bit over a year ago. That is Todd White. And Todd White is not only embracing him, hugging him. Later, Francis Chan said of Todd White, he called him a bold man of God, a bold man of God. This is a man who is a charlatan, who is a deceiver, who is a heretic. And Francis Chan calls him a bold man of God. That is unbelievable. Francis Chan uh, is a graduate of the Master Seminary. It's the best seminary in the world, in my estimation. And so this is not a blight on Master Seminary. I mean, every you've got a few bad apples in every bunch, and Francis Chan, sadly, is just one of them. But you don't have to have much discernment to know that Todd White is a false teacher. I mean, if you cannot tell that Todd White is a false teacher and a false prophet and a charlatan and a heretic, then you have no business being behind the pulpit, none whatsoever. Uh, he, he also, here's a picture of Francis Chan with Benny Hinn at the same conference. And, uh, and just recently, I was going to try to get this, uh, but I couldn't put it together quickly enough in time. But uh, just a a week or so ago, Francis Chan did a kind of a Zoom meeting with Bill Johnson and some other Word of Faith, New Apostolic Reformation teachers, and um, endorsed he endorsed Bill Johnson. I mean, Bill Johnson is a charlatan. Excuse me, he's a heretic. And so, when you see someone like Francis Chan who knows better, I mean, this guy was at the pinnacle of theological education. He knows better. Uh, Francis Chan was asked about it, and he later he wrote a piece, a blog, basically saying that basically he said I wasn't aware of Benny Hinn and uh, wasn't aware of the problems with him. And how could you not be aware of Benny Hinn? Benny Hinn has been one of the world's most prolific false teachers and known heretics and known hucksters for well over 40 years now. There's no way you can claim ignorance on Benny Hinn or Todd White or Bill Johnson. He's endorsing these people. Uh, Francis Chan is not qualified to be in the pulpit at all, at all. What does Paul say in Titus chapter 1, verse 9? He says that elders are to be able to teach sound doctrine and refute those who contradict. Sadly, Francis Chan at this point is doing neither. And uh, finally, the last way to tell a false prophet is that false prophets, false teachers lack accountability. They lack accountability. The writer of Hebrews says this in Hebrews 13, 17, 
obey your leaders and submit to them, for they keep watch over your souls as those who will give an account. Uh, when you read the book of Acts, the book of Acts is just full of examples of local churches being born and um, uh, grounded, and they are led by elders, biblically qualified elders. This is this is God's design for the church. The church, a local body of believers, is to be led by biblically qualified men that the Bible calls elders. And um, and we as members of our respective local bodies are to respect our elders and we are to submit to them. They are in positions of spiritual uh, leadership and authority. Now, if, if they are doing something that's blatantly unbiblical, well, there's biblical steps for dealing with that. But as long as they are teaching sound doctrine, refuting those who contradict, as long as they meet the biblical qualifications for elders, um, shepherding the flock, doing what they are supposed to be doing, uh, live moral lives and exemplary lives, then then we're to submit to to their spiritual leadership. That's the way God has designed it. Um, I am, uh, Kathy and I are members of Grace Bible Church in Bozeman, Montana. We have elders and we gladly uh, submit to their leadership because they've been put in place by the Lord. And this is what scripture tells us to do. Um, I say all this to say this. One of the one of the commonalities that you will see about false teachers is that they do not like accountability. They do not like authority. The most vocal, vociferous, angry critics that I have, almost without exception, one of the commonalities that they have is that they have no they have no church that they are, are part of. They have no church to which they are accountable. Um they're rogue, lone rangers. They don't like accountability. That's another one of the marks of a false teacher. So, um, dear ones, I hope that this has been helpful for you. Eleven different things. There's more that we could have uh, I could have included, but uh, I think our time is about up. So, thank you very much, dear ones. And Andrew, if you are still with us, your time is not up. You can keep going. I, we booked two hours for you for this. So, two hours. Oh, just if you want to oh. go, more, we'll we'll give that to you. No, that's okay. That's, that's I ran through my I talk about something <laughs> well, else. No. If folks, if folks do want, uh, you do have a lot of this stuff available at justinpeters.org. You can get his Clouds Without Waters, they'll get the full seminar. It's on DVD. <clears throat> it's available. Um it, it is a good thing for churches to watch him. You know, I was while you were speaking, I was listening and also going through some of the questions so we can get ready for the Q&A. And a lot of questions are, are coming to deal with the fact of how do I get my family out of Word of Faith and AR? And I think, Justin, you know, you, you'd agree. One thing that is very helpful is to get your DVD series, Clouds Without Water 2, and just show it to them. I don't know how many people I've heard testimony have just watched that. And they didn't see, you know, what these charlatans were doing until it was put in a context. And all of a sudden I was like, oh, and I'm part of this. Mm-hmm. So I, that's, that's yeah. a really good resource to have. Yeah. By God's grace. Uh, yeah. I've had a lot of people on a daily basis. I get emails from people all around the world that uh, the Lord has used that to help open their eyes. And, and, and it's a, you know, if, if someone is one of the marks of a Christian is that a, a genuine Christian can be an error, even serious error uh, for a season. But once they're shown the truth, if they truly belong to Christ and they see the truth from God's word, then you would expect that person to bend the knee to the truth. And, and that's what we see happen with a lot of people. I mean, 
Obviously, yeah. not everybody's going to bend their knee because not everybody who professes to be a Christian is a Christian. But those who are, uh, they would bend their you would expect them to bend their knee to the truth. And so go right there to justinpeters.org and uh, get get it there. Question that is coming up. Maybe we will ask now instead during Q and A. Will clouds without waters be in different languages? <laughs> it's in Spanish now, um, but we are working on. In fact, uh, I'm kind of working with um, Paul Washer Heartcry Ministries, and they're they're going to try to get get it translated into some other languages as well. So I don't have a date on that, but it's it is in the works. You must hate that We're working with Paul Washer. Uh, you, you Paul Washer is a real deal. I mean, he is. I love that guy. I really do. I've got a lot of respect for Paul Washer. He's a good guy. So, uh, so let's look at some. Before we take a break, we're going to take a ten minute break. Um, we will have some more folks. We have Justin. Almost eighteen hundred people registered. Uh, the registrations keep coming in, and again, uh, if you're watching, go to the the uh, page. Let me put it up. I don't have it up. I'll create one for it. Um, if you go to the Striving Fraternity and go to the online events, which many of you are watching from there, but that is where you can register. There's a link there to register. And so if you go there and register, the we are going to be picking three people uh, later on the week, maybe Wednesday, Thursday timeframe. We will be picking three people that we'll get in contact with, and they will get a one-hour private Zoom meeting with both Justin and I. Ask any questions that they have, uh, fellowship, whatever. Um, so I'll can, mention can I again. Quick, Andrew. Huh? Can I say something real quick? Or may I say? May I say something real quick? Yeah, that, that's funny. You guys just heard him say "may" because he raised his hand and said he cannot raise his hand. Did you guys hear that? He, he's like, I I can't do that. Oh, but his hand. Yeah. Was True. You caught. That's right. right. <laughs> Yeah, I can't raise my hand. Well, obviously you can because you just did it. So um, I couldn't raise it in in good faith, given the point I was making. <laughs> um, yeah, this thing uh, when we're the the three people that we have a private meeting. It's we're not we're not doing this because Andrew and I think that we're all that in a bag of chips and we're just that special. That's not uh, the way that these Zoom meetings. You know, you can't have eighteen hundred people in a Zoom. I mean, you you can't manage anything like that. But uh, but we would love if uh, for whoever is chosen randomly, however that works, uh, just to have some fellowship with you. But it's not that we think that we're all that in a bag of chips. It's not it. Just um, it's just a, yeah. a logistics thing. So yeah, well, you may be all that in a bag of chips. Me, on the other hand, you know. <laughs> um, and and just a re- reminder, Cindy Brown. Uh, if you're if you're watching now, if you can contact us, you won. What do we believe? We also have uh, David Ross. What do they believe? You need to contact us um, and just email the email address down there, info at strivingforattorney.org. Um, Stephanie Montgomery, what do they believe? You need to contact us. Uh, Les Regeners, I guess, R-E-G-N-E-R-U-S. You have Origin of the Kinds coming your way. Has some more winners as well um, that added this time. So Justin and Gloria Atrum, do not hinder them, is coming your way. You guys are responding on YouTube. So if you would email that link, just let us get your address and how to ship it to you. Um, Rocky Mountain Princess, 
you have What Do We Believe coming your way. And then Melanie Zimba, uh, What Do We Believe is coming your way. So if uh, you guys can just email the link down below, we'll get uh, get those out to you. Keep the questions coming in. We only have about, uh, I think, uh, 12 pages of questions, Justin, not too much. <laughs> okay. And we'll, we'll try to answer them on Apologetics Live or something. <laughs> um but I do want to let you know some other seminars that we could come to your church and do. Striving Fraternity has some others. I mentioned the one that Justin does, which is if you want to have Justin out to your church, have him come and do his Clouds Without Water. That is something I would recommend you do. Um, and we have some at Striving Fraternity. We have at our Ambassadors of Evangelism, which is teaching people how to overcome their fear in evangelism. Uh, Bible Interpretation Made Easy, which you got a little taste of it last uh, in this morning. And then real life apologetics, where we teach you how to use apologetics, presuppositional apologetics. We have some other seminars we work on as well. If you're interested in any of these, feel free to reach out to speaker at strivingforeternity.org. Um, if you're anywhere in the Bucks County, Pennsylvania area, um, you would be more than welcome to join me at church. Uh, I'm at the Master's Church. This is a Grace Advanced Church plant that we've just started about a year and a half ago. And so if you're in that area, please reach out to us. Let us know. Um, you could just go to themasterschurch.org and let and contact us from there. Also let you guys know, Exposed or Evolution Exposed is Saturday, June 27th. This is Ken Ham and Ray Comfort uh, and some other speakers who are going to be doing this. I know some of the, the speakers, some, some very good speakers, and they're going to be addressing the issue of evolution and evangelism. So it's something that uh, would recommend. Uh, the, the last one we get to is a conference. If you happen to be in the Pennsylvania area, a conference on the basics of biblical counseling. And so it's going to be a weekend conference. And so if you're interested in that, the, um, the website is there on the slide. We're going to take a 10 minute break. So we're going to start up at, uh, well, it'll be my time is 2.45, but it'll be 45 minutes after the hour, wherever you are, we'll start back up. And so I hope this has been helpful. Please remember, share this on social media so that others know this is going on. We're going to continue. Next session will be a session on going through the entire book of Jude on how to identify false teachers. And then after that, we're going to have maybe a longer Q&A and we can get to more of these questions. So look forward to seeing you guys in just a bit. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.